Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. You are listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer right here at Bellevue Center Court every Thursday at 7 o'clock. And right now, we are hanging with my favorite Husky. Go dogs. All right. I, I, won't, I won't say that, but my favorite Husky will just give it up one time for my man. Man, uh, my question to you is, you had 26 targets, I want to say, last year. This year, you are 22 of 21. When you were in, or 21 22 of 20, targets, 21, 21 of 22. Yeah, go, you got go. me. You got me. Wazoo, right? Uh, <laughs> when you were, when you were uh, running this offense in training camp, did you feel like, all right, I'm going to be a bit more involved this year? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I kind of wear a lot of hats, you know, around the building and. You know, sometimes ask me to run block, sometimes ask me to pass block, sometimes ask me to, you know, catch passes. So whatever they ask of me, it's kind of what I'm ready to do. Uh, you know, this fall camp has been really fun, you know, with the addition of Noah and then Colby going into year three. Oh, mic check. I'm hot. Uh, You're good, though. You know, it was uh, it was good. The, the group was good. We were bonding. And, uh, you know, I think we kind of thrived off that. And we, we started playing really good ball. And. Um, built some really good trust and uh, with our quarterbacks. And obviously they do an amazing job, so they make our jobs easier, for sure. Yeah. It is pretty remarkable. Look, when you came out of college, you were considered the number one blocking tight end. Man, I tell you what, though, you, your hands, I mean, the route running you have, I mean, is it, have you worked on it, or is that just something that you, you're really natural? Yeah, if you ask any of my uh, high school teammates, they would have told you I couldn't block for licks. So uh, <laughs> I was actually a receiving tight end in high school, so throwback, and then uh, you know decided to go play D line at UW for a couple of years, and then made the transition and um, just stayed with the aggressive mindset and carried over into becoming a good blocker. And you know, got to give a lot of credit to Jordan Powell, my old tight end coach at UW, um, just taught me the ways and. Uh, you know, kind of gave me the tools to be successful. It's, you know, I think, uh, you know, you get into the NFL, everyone's big and athletic. It's, it's more of a want-to thing. So, right. um, you, know, you just got to go out there and want to do it. And it's, it's definitely fun moving guys. Man, how fun, are, how much fun are you having right now? I always look at players' body language and demeanor and how they respond after a play and on the sideline. And I look at you as one of the guys who just seem to be out there just, just having a good time. And that's what the game is all about, man. How much fun is this year? Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, I started playing football whew, third grade, just out in the recess. Trying, I mean, we got to school early, not to study more, but just to go and get an extra recess in. So <laughs> uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm just playing with my friends. It's really why I fell in love with the game. Um, there's 11 of us out there all playing for one thing, one goal. And um, this year's been really fun, man. It's a good group of guys. We're definitely bonded and, uh, you know, playing for one another. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, what a dream come true. It, you know, again, we, we were talking earlier. We, we all packed guys. And I went to Arizona State, but I grew up in Orange County. And my team was the Rams. I thought they were going to draft me. They didn't draft me. I, get, I come up to Seattle and, you know, you're away from your family. Man, how special is it that you got to go to University of Washington? It's in your backyard. I'm assuming your family's all here. I mean, can you describe that? Yeah, I mean, it didn't really hit me until, you know, guys were coming in and they were trying to learn the city and they were like, you know, what do we do around town? And I was like, man, I got you. Like, there's so many good places to eat, so many good sites to see. Like, Seattle is awesome. And, you know, I took a trip to 
you know, New Jersey. And as a kid from Montana going to see New York, seeing New Jersey, I was like, please don't draft me. <laughs> like, <laughs> is, is, you know, a five-hour flight for my parents. And, uh, you know, one, it's just, you don't, you don't get the fans here, man. Like, playing at Husky Stadium, you know, we had some top ten matchups against Stanford, SC, and the place was rocking. And then I'd never even been to a Seahawks game. So then you go over to get the 12s, and, like, the fans are just crazy. So it's, it's, it's been really nice. I mean, it's been really uh, just a second home for me. I've been here for, you know, it's going to be almost a decade here. So it's definitely home away from home. Now, um, I got a text thread with my boys, right? And to the public, we're humble, you know. But when you get around your boys, you start talking a little stuff. So I would imagine your text thread with you, Kobe, and Noah being like, Hey, we're killing it this year. This is what we're doing. How good does it feel to be just a big part of this office as a group? Not necessarily just you, but, uh, you know, all three of you guys, man. You guys, in my opinion, are the catalyst to this offense. You guys do a little bit of everything. You block it. You receive. Um, what's it like as a group to feel like you're a big part of this offense? Yeah, I mean, I hate talking about me. I will, I, it's, it's been nice to have those guys because they do such a good job that anytime I get any media, I'm like, have you seen Noah Block? Have you seen Colby running the guys, like, doing all this stuff? So, like, it's really fun, like, to go out there and brag about those guys because I see them work every day. They come in, they prepare, they grind, and then they get to go out and do it on Sunday. So, you know, I've always just been a do-my-job guy. I don't really, you know, need the recognition as long as we're winning. I'm happy. So, um, it's been a lot of fun for sure. That's what's up. Well, we were looking at statistics. I think the most catches the tight ends as a group have ever had is 85. You guys are on pace for about 117 or something like that right now, which is pretty amazing. And we, and we had Colby Parkinson on, uh, I don't know, probably a month ago. What a character. But can you describe Kobe and describe Noah? Just give me some of their personality traits. Oh, man, we're recording, too. Okay, uh, <laughs> say nice things about Kobe. Kobe he had nice no. things to say about you, by the way. <laughs> uh, no, Kobe's awesome, man. He's 6'11", gentle giant, um, just super humble guy. I've gotten to know his family really well, super close-knit family, um, really studious. Uh, he hasn't gotten his degree yet, but he was going to be an engineer, so he's wicked smart and uh, you know, really faithful guy, so... You know, we get a lot of talks about, you know, religion and kind of, you know, obviously the election cycles. We have good, nice political, safe debates. And, uh, uh, so it's really fun. Like, he brings the intellect. And not to say Noah doesn't, but, uh, you know, Noah's a lot more like me. He's kind of a little bit of ADD. And uh, he, not, he might not get up as high as me and go crazy, but he loves to joke around, has a good time. And, uh, you know, it's been fun to work with both of them, for sure. We saw that there was a segment uh, on the Seahawks. I don't know. You guys were doing a, you know, it was a video of you guys. And I think uh, Kobe was actually kind of leading it. And I was just watching him, um, how he interacted with you and his genuine laugh. And it just, I go, man, he genuinely likes you. Does he like everybody? Is he just that, his personality? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Colby's been, you know, with me. This is year three now, so we've gotten really, really close. We play golf together, so uh, I think there's a genuine friendship right there. You know, he just got engaged, so hopefully, I'll be in the wedding and uh, <laughs> we'll go and party and celebrate them. But um, it's it's really fun, and and I wouldn't say no. He hasn't skipped a beat. Like it's been really fun. Like we have all the side jokes and all the handshakes, and um, like I said, we're really close. We have really, you know, important conversations outside of football. Um, that we lean in on each other. So, you know, I love having Colby. I love having Noah. It's, it's been really awesome. Y'all play golf together. We play golf together. What's that golf game like? It's close. Is it's it? close. What's the handy? See, the, 
the handicap. I think I got under nine, and I just stopped caring. I'm like That's an eight guy. It's good. It's, it's, single it's, it's funny because golf, like we compete every day, you know, and so golf is actually one thing I really don't care to compete. Uh-huh. Like I just want to go out there, spend four hours outside with my friends, listen to some music. You know, playing a little bit of hit the ball. I don't know, like, what's going on. But yeah. um, Colby's fiance plays golf at Alabama, so she's giving him free lessons. Oh, nice. So now he's getting nasty good. And, of course, <laughs> I have a little bit of competitive in me, so I'm trying to, like, get better. So if anyone's out there listening and that wants to give me free golf lessons, I mean, hey, like, I'm trying to get better. You heard it here in Hawks Live. If you want to give Will Disney some free lessons, you, you, you come you're, holler you're, at us uh, right uh, now. You and I can talk after. I'll help uh, you. Okay. <laughs> he's a 15. You don't want No, don't I'm want. not. <laughs> I know, he's but like, I'll play golf. He's a good golfer. And this is what I say. This is what I say. There's no such thing as a bad golfer, only those who don't have fun. That's what I say. There we so go. So it's like. There we go. Well, hey, so here's my, I always ask this question, or I ask it frequently, because one of the most fun parts of football to me are the interactions with teammates during the game and with the opponents during the game. And you seem like the type of guy that's like cracking jokes with a, an end if you're blocking them or a linebacker if you're climbing up. What are your interactions like with, with guys on the opposing teams? Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely more fun, like, the longer you play because, like, I mean, I have a bunch of Husky teammates at Arizona, and I remember the first play that I played Arizona, it was Zeke Turner running down on kickoff, and I'm blocking him on kickoff return, and we just run it. It was a touchback, but we just run into each other and just <laughs> yell, ah! like, it was, like, we were just so stoked to be there, but it's, it's fun, man. It's a... Uh, you talk a little bit of smack, and then I always, you never want to piss defensive people off, right, because right. they hit you hard. So I'm always, like, talk a little bit, but then, like, laugh it off or say yep. something stupid. So yep. uh, it's definitely fun. Love it. Okay, so do they call you Uncle Will Disley? Because he calls you Uncle Will all the time. Some of the rookies have started doing that. Do you know <laughs> where that came that from? Thing. Well, like, the, the nickname originated John Snyder when he drafted me. He called me Uncle Will on the call. Uh, I do have a niece and, and three nephews, so I love them dearly. So the name sticks. My my uh, my niece and first nephew, they didn't even know my name. They just called me uncle. Like, it was because they had Nick, who was my other brother, and then I was uncle. It was like the decipher. So it's kind of stuck. And I'm definitely an old soul. I like old music. So it is a fitting fitting nickname for it, sure. It, it is perfect. Okay, I can, now i got to ask you a little serious question. Okay. Look, Geno Smith has become such a national story, and, and he deserves every bit of that. I think everybody knew he's a good quarterback to be where he is today. So tell me something that you've learned about him before the season, and now here we are today. What, what is it about him? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, all quarterbacks have this certain level of confidence, right? And, uh, you know, as him being the backup, you always he always had a confidence in his football IQ and I've really loved you know working with Gino studying you know defensive structures and past kind of concepts that beat those and he's really really smart and I've known that but then this year he's gotten the spotlight and just to see his confidence is unwavering um, in his belief in who he is and you know kind of his abilities I think it's just carried him to this elite performance that you guys are seeing and I think you know that paired with his work ethic you know you know you could have all this recognition and take days off, but my guy's in there. You know, he's first one in the building. He's doing extra film studies. Like, he's, he's really on it. So it's, it's been really fortunate for him, you know, put all the work in all the time, sitting, waiting, and to get a shot. It's, it's been awesome. I look at you veterans, you, DK, Tyler, um, Gabe, Gino, and you guys are the foundation of this, right? I don't think you win a lot of games unless you have a good foundation of, of veteran players. But your rookies have been getting a lot of love, man, and I think they deserve it. 
Um, how was this rookie class different from other rookie class that I've, uh, that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I, and I want to give a shout out to the vets. You know, Russell, you know, came in. He showed me the ropes. B-Wags taught me how to be a pro. K.J. Wright, you know, when I got hurt, dinged up with my knee, he bought me, he, uh, you know, an ice machine for my knee. Like, that's the vet stuff that I got. You know, Doug Baldwin, you know, really was the first player to believe in me and give me the confidence like I can play in this league. So I just want to give credit to those guys for helping me get to where I am. And I think the cool part about the rooks that have come in any any great person in whatever like field they're in, they just are curious. Mm-hmm. I find that in all aspects, whether it's business, football, teaching, you're just curious people. Like if you want to be great, you're going to be curious about how to you know be great. And I think the rookie class they've really you know grown to that. Like you know, Marshawn's been around. Obviously, um, you know the corner is learning a lot from Rich, and you know all these young bucks like you know Chuck and Abe. They're just trying to learn and get better in a hurry because they know that we're counting on them. And there's not really a pressure. It's more of like a curiosity and excitement to just get better and, and be great players for the Seahawks. It is pretty remarkable. I mean, just the amount of rookies that you know. It, it, I coach with the Seahawks. It, you, there's a comfort level that you don't give rookies often a chance you know and to have six rookies playing and you know so many starting i mean it's really a credit to, to obviously to pete so i'm gonna ask you now a less serious question what do you love to do on your free time i mean uh, look you come out here by the way thank you i mean on thursday yeah. nights these guys want to rest for him to come out man special thanks um, but during your free time what, what do you what keeps you busy um, I mean, I love spending time with my friends. They're really important to me. I have two uh, childhood friends who I played hockey with before I even got to elementary school. And then my other buddy, uh, who was my best friend since first grade. So just getting, spending time with them, having dinners. Um, I haven't learned how to cook quite yet, but I imagine that'll be a hobby <laughs> once, uh, once, once I have a little more time. But obviously mentioned I love golf and then uh, picked up guitar in college too. Nice. So anything to do to relax, spend time with friends and and, you know, I'm kind of a, like, I like to do it all, right? You know, pass catch, run block, pass block. But I'm kind of the same way in life. Like, if you want to play golf, if you want to go rock climbing, if you want to go float the river, I'm down. As long as we're, you know, doing it together and having fun, like, I'm in. Well, Will, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. It's Thursday at, what, 8-11. It's Techno Thursday, man. Get techno it right. Techno Thursday. <laughs> Let's go, man. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Give it up one more time for Will Disley. NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Force Fumble, Fumble Recovery. That's what he does. All right, when we return, we'll go inside the film room. We'll break down Bruce Irvin, line up Daniel Jones, Tyler Lockett's 33 yard touchdown, and Ken Walker sealing the game with a TD. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bomas with Paul Moyer. We're here every Thursday at 7 at Bellevue Square Center Court on 710 Seattle Sports. We just had a great wow, interview with great Will Disley. He is Good such, interview. Uh, he's definitely a fan favorite. And, you know, he, you know, he spent his time, you know, Montana kid, went to University of Washington, Northwest. And, you know, it was funny when he said, you know, I've been here almost a decade. And I go... Oh, wow, that's just wild. You're too young for that. <laughs> but, you know, he is, I, I think we all knew what he was going to be. Um, 
but he's surpassed that too. I yeah. mean, he's really become a special player, and he's so fun. That was a great interview. Does a little bit of everything, and yeah. that's what tight ends do, right? A little bit of everything. So now it's time for us to get into the film room. This is when we break down plays and give you our perspective. We'll try to paint a picture the best that we can for you guys. And the first play we're breaking down, Bruce Irvin oh, lights man. up Daniel Jones and tackles Saquon Barkley in the fourth. First and ten at the Seattle 29. Barkley, oh. oh my goodness, what a play by Bruce Irvin. Barkley took a toss. Bruce Irvin blasts Jones into the running back, and Barkley hits the deck. I don't know that I've ever seen that. An eight-yard loss, and Bruce Irvin just blew up the entire play. <laughs> I'm going to knock everybody over. <laughs> What'd you see, Moy? Look, I, not much to say, right? I mean, Bruce Irvin... He played 72% of the snaps. He's going to be sore. Because here's a guy who was on the street, and, uh, you know, we pick him up, and he's a veteran. He's in great shape. And, uh, you know, they, they come in a kind of a stack position, and the tight end's off the ball. So it's kind of like, a, they, for those who know football, they're in their younger days, he's in a wing position. So he's back off the ball just outside the tackle. And Irvin just shoots the gap. And I don't know if they mess up the, the blocking scheme. It doesn't even matter. What he does is he knocks the living crap out of Daniel <laughs> Jones, who goes flying into Barkley. And so I don't know who gets the tackle for that, Daniel Jones or Bruce Irvin. I know they gave it to Bruce. <laughs> but he knocks him so hard into Barkley, who's one of the great running backs, if not one of the best in the league. And, uh, you know, it's about an 8, 10-yard loss. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a great play. Yeah, I, I see him just shoot the gap. Shoot the gap with uh, so much conviction that um, he just gets in the backfield quickly. And those are the type of plays that you need. And Bruce Irvin played 70-plus percent of the snaps. This guy is 35 years old. He was born in the 80s. Ain't too many football born players in born in the 80s yeah, out there, Yeah, boy, man. that's old. I didn't 80s. say he's football years he's old. In life, daughter was he's born a young in man. 80s, man. In life, he's a young man. But in football years, man, I was born in 85. I've been done. <laughs> Bruce uh, Irvin is out there getting it done. So um, Let me tell you how many plays he played. How's how many, that? How uh, many? Bruce Irvin, here we go. I know this is bad radio, but I'm going to do it anyways. This is really bad because I can't even find him <laughs> on here. There he is. He played 72% of the plays. He played 47 snaps plus five on special teams on top of that. So 47 plays. How would you feel if you played 40? Well, as a wide receiver, you'd feel fine. You but if you played hey, hold a on. Don't you back. disrespect the wide receivers <laughs> like that. I'm running 45, 50 yards sometimes for nothing. So you're tired. Hella tired. He just ran, he, he's strong, man. He, you know what? Uh, Pete said, I think he, you know, maybe he's lost a half step. Man, he's still pretty quick. Yeah. And he is strong. And I, no, I think they have to uh, monitor his snaps and make sure he's good to go because he brings a lot to this football team. But a great play right yeah, there. This was. next play, Geno Smith finds Tyler Lockett for a 33-yard touchdown. Geno going to throw again on first down. Pump fake. Going to throw deep. Got a man in the corner. It is Lockett. Touchdown. Seahawks. What a drive led by Geno Smith. Tyler Lockett was not going to let this one get away. He hung on 33 yards out, and the Seahawks go on top 19-13. Now Tyler has passed Daryl Jackson for third place on the Seahawks' all-time receiving list of touchdowns with 48. Congratulations to number 16. 
Now, I talked about this play earlier, Moyer. It's a three-by-one. That means you got three receivers to one side, you got one receiver to the other side. The one receiver is naturally DK here. This is a drive where Gino goes five for five for 75 yards. And now what happens here is it looks like they are in a man type of look. Yep, they are. All right, you got three-by-one. You're looking at DK. He runs a deep out. The play before this, they got in the same formation. They ran the same concept, and they hit DK on that deep out. Now they hit Tyler Lockett on a double move. Why did this work? Because the play before, Tyler runs a curl around 10 to 12 yards, breaks down, doesn't get the football, but now that DB over him has seen that curl. He goes, okay. As a DB, you look at the down and distance, you look at the formation, you go, all right. You see what the number three receiver is doing. He does a deep cross just like he did before. The number two receiver does a seam just like they did before. The defense is comfortable. They're like, we've seen this. We're good to go. What does Shane do? He goes, you know what? Hey, same thing. Tag Z. Tag Z. I'm going to tag you with it. This is how I did in my offense. Hitch. Go. Tag him with a hitch and go or curl and go, whatever that I know that. whatever you want to call it. I, I, I'm out the game now. Don't worry okay. about it. You, you can have that, though. Tell Bellevue. <laughs> they got it. <laughs> but he tags him, and Lockett does a great job of selling it, and Gino does a good job of pump faking it and letting it go and then putting it on a line because now you got to fit it between the safety and the corner. Great throw by Gino. Good sell by Tyler Lockett. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of good things on this one. Um First of all, the Giants played a lot of man-to-man. They played a lot of man-to-man coming into the game. And so they were playing what we call kind of a robber. So they would keep uh, a, a free guy in the middle, uh, not deep middle, but that, there's a guy in the deep middle as well, but more in the middle uh, hook. Or, what, what would I want to say? This? Hook, not hook. Uh, anyway, just between the hash marks. And what he's looking for is crossing routes. So bottom line, they're playing man-to-man on this. What's so great about this is, yeah, the pump fake, the throw by Gino, no question. It's a great throw. As DBs were taught, if I see it, it to me, this is a stutter go. So the guy is going to, a turn and go, I probably could have grabbed him or something. So that, uh, and it would have been harder for him to actually made that play, Tyler. He stutters it like he's about to turn, but he keeps his momentum still moving forward. That guy bites on that turn route. What's so great about Tyler being a veteran, as soon as Tyler did the stutter, he immediately widened to the sideline. Because if he didn't, I guarantee that corner would have grabbed him. It would have just been a five-yard holding penalty. But he got so wide on it afterwards that the guy couldn't grab him. And now he's beat. In the safety, there's no way that he can get over and make that play. It's a great throw. It's a great route. And more importantly, Shane Waldron is starting to become one of the better play callers out there. And you're seeing, again, Gino learning running his offense and it's making Shane look really good it's a beautiful thing when a receiver sells a route I always tell my guys body language mm-hmm. right as a receiver I gotta be able to tell if you're happy sad mad sell that to the DB make him buy what you're selling that's exactly what you described exactly what happened in that situation right there okay this next play Ken Walker seals the game with a 16-yard touchdown Three tight ends on the right side. The handoff to Walker. He breaks a tackle, comes back to the near side. Stumbles across the 10, breaks a tackle. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. We knew it had to happen. We hoped on this drive, and it did. From 16 out, Walker must have broken three tackles. His fifth career touchdown. And that just about puts the nail in against these Giants as Seattle stretches its lead 26-13. to 13. 
Moyer, we call this a heavy right formation. <laughs> heavy. You got three tight ends to the right side of the formation. You're telling the defense, hey, eight times out of ten, we're going to run this thing to the right. Or we're doing something that's going to influence you to the right. And that's exactly what we see, just a little zone concept. Now, what happens here is when you are teaching your running back the zone concept, you are teaching him, look, you want to press the B gap. The B gap is the gap between your guard and the tackle. You want to press that gap and give it a chance. You're going to get the defense to flow that way. Now, once they flow that way, you're not going to block the backside in. All right, so he's going to flow and really try to dive down on you. If nothing is there, you press the B gap, and now you're looking for the cutback. That's what Ken Walker does here. He is one of the best in the game at feeling the cutback and looking for the cutback, and he does exactly that. And let's not uh, forget, Geno Smith tries to throw a block. No, he threw but a he block. But does, he does just enough. Sometimes a block is just, just getting just him. enough and getting out the way. So he presses that B gap. There's nothing there. He gets to the backside. And then if you want to try to tackle number nine above the waist, it's not going to happen for you. That's what happens. He scores a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Gino's in a gun formation, and you got the K-9 uh, just sitting off to his left. For those who know, K-9, it's Kenneth Walker the third, number nine. Uh, so <laughs> K-9, and he's just offset to his left, uh, you know, next to Gino. I guess it's good blocking, but it has nothing to do with the play because this is all K-9. Right. Uh, K-9 starts to his right. There's a guy who flashes, and I don't even know what makes him jump. So he makes his cut at the 18, and he actually jumped back a yard. So he makes his cut at the 19-yard line and works his way to the left. Uh, as you just mentioned, Gino screens the defensive end. The safety's in great position, but he overruns him. I don't know if this is a better run than the one against Arizona when he broke all those tackles and, you know, it looked like it was going to be a zero or negative loss and he ends up running for a touchdown. Or no, he didn't get a touchdown. The guy dove at the last second and, and, and caught him from behind. This is such a great run. And when you can have a running back that just, yeah, it doesn't matter. No one's really blocked the way I'm going. I'm going to make three guys miss. I'm going to break a tackle. I've got the speed to take it to the house. We got a really special running back. Really special running back we got right there, man. And um, It's unbelievable. It's going to be fun to see him develop because he's still young, man. man. He is so young. Powerful. He's quick. He's got speed. I'm waiting for the next evolution for him. What's we, that? We got to get him in the passing game. Get him in the we passing gotta game. We got to get him out in open space. We're going to call it right here. Two to three receptions yep. this weekend. Yeah, I in. think that's the next. Do it. All right, when we return, we will talk that talk. This is when we square off on some topics. Moyer thinks he's always right, reminds me of my wife, and I remind him that we're in a relationship. Who's usually and right? The wife you have to talk or the about husband? Eh, on paper, the on wife is. On this one, I'll on take paper, the wife role. On paper, the wife is. In reality, what fellas, a, fellas whoa, we know what's up. Whoa, we write sometimes. Whoa. We write sometimes. I'm good. No, hey, I'm, I'm not. I, do you see how I just moved away from him? <laughs> I don't even want to be near him right now. I'm over here. We're fighting right now. That's next on Hawks Live. <laughs> It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here at Bellevue Square Center Court presented by Bellevue Collection. Look at you getting all ready. Don't look at me like that, Boyer. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Getting ready to talk that talk. This is when we debate on some things. I think last week we were pretty much on the same page. Yeah. Page 15, if you were wondering. We were on the same page. Well, it's like my wife. I've did 33 years. I've taught her to finally fall. Like, oh, finally you better be careful. You. you taught her? She mm. taught me. She taught you. There she you go. There you me. go. Look, I know. Okay, this first one. All right, so this is when we go back and forth. I'm going to present a question. He tells me if it's true or false. He tells me why. And then I will tell him that he is wrong, even if we agree. Okay? Sounds good. All right. It's time to pay Geno Smith and commit to him for the short, short term. So that's next two, three years. Do you feel that or are you not feeling that? Well, look, I feel it. It's just now it's a business decision, right? Right. He's a free agent. But, you know, we got franchise tags, all that. I don't think they'd want to franchise him because that would cost a boatload of money. Look, I, me personally, I've seen enough. Mm. He is – I don't think he's changing. I don't think there's a rookie next year that we would draft that could beat him out. No way. Now, I'm not saying we don't draft – a quarterback if Denver continues to go and there's a great quarterback in the top 10 because to me that's potential draft capital down the road. Right. I mean, if he's great and something happens to Geno, the challenge is, and this is the business decision, and this is where I'm talking to him and his agent, I love you, Geno, but I got one year sample size. And right now, if I do it, I've got eight games sample size, 11 games, I guess we go three games last year. But I'm convinced I'm paying the guy. I'm, I for sure am giving him a two- or three-year deal. And I don't know if I'm going to pay him $40 million, mm. but I'm definitely going to put him where he can take care of his family's family's family. And he's <laughs> going to be you know, in that $20-plus million dollar range. He's earned it. I think he's earned the, the locker room. I, I This isn't going away. He's legit. All right. So you mentioned he is a free agent after this year. So that means he's going to go out and test the water. No, he ain't. We're going to do that before that. First off, he is if he is smart, he yeah. will go out and test the water because you know how this league is. This but, league, but they, is hold on, let, let me finish. Is that Gino? Let me finish. This league wrote him off for eight years. Seahawks didn't. This league wrote him off. So if I am Gino and I'm having the year of my life, I'm going to go out and make sure that I'm going to get what I'm worth now. I'm going to come back to the Seahawks. I'm going to say, look, these guys are offering me uh, 30 mil. Meet me at 26, okay. 20, 25. Done. So it, that's where I think the Hawks have the leverage is that I think Gino is loyal. But I think that he has to go out and test the water. So he comes back and he gets what he's worth because they love him now. Did they love him four or five years ago? Nah, you're a backup. We'll never well, see Gino again. you're talking again. about the league. We'll never see Gino again. Talking I'm talking about the, about the league. I'm just talking business. You're a businessman, president of a company. Mm-hmm. You know how this goes. Mm-hmm. You got to go out there and see what you're so worth. So do you offer him now? That's why you do. So you get him for what you think he's worth now, and you don't let other influences get in his ear and say, look, we'll pay you 30. We'll pay you 32. I, I, I kid you not. I think this is one is going to be one of the most fascinating negotiations because so much of it is I don't have a huge sample size, but I, I pretty much believe. And I think I believe too. the Seahawks believe too. And so I think there's a – like I'm not going to give him a – here's what's really crazy. If he tried – he could negotiate and said – I'm better than Kyler Murray, and he ain't wrong. He's not wrong. But I'm also saying but but I got that. But, but he's 32 as well. He's 32. It's your first year starting. 
we ble- we're going to meet somewhere, and I don't know if there's incentive. Cl- I think, look, I believe in, in, in Pete and John Schneider. They're going to do the right thing. And I think, uh, I think Gino, I think it's so fat because I just don't think that's Gino. Gino is such a humble guy. That doesn't mean you don't want the best. But I think he also says, I also want the best life. I love it here. Man, they've given me the opportunity. I hope you're right. So I, I don't know where it's going to go. But, yes, right. but the, the answer to your question is, yeah, I'm signing him. I'm signing him, too. Yeah. I'm, before he can go out there and test the waters and see how pretty he looks to all these teams yeah. out there. So this one kind of ties into Gino, the next one. And that's his Shane Waldron's play calling has been, or has it been, the most underrated component of this team's successful so The most underrated part. I don't think Shane Waldron gets enough love for this. Because, yes, Geno has to execute. It's all about the players. If you don't have talent, Gotta you can to. call whatever you want. If they can't execute it, then it's not going to go down. You saw this happen with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, one of the, the best quarterback in franchise history, he's not doing some of the things that Geno does now. Does he throw? Did he throw a better deep ball? Did he have more explosive plays? Yes, but he took more sacks and he missed more tight ends and he didn't get this offense going at times. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying they're different type of ball players. You're comparing them. But... Hey, read between the lines. Let them read between the lines, okay? (laughs) But I'm saying that Shane Waldron deserves a lot more love. And, yes, I'm with this. This one's really interesting to me, too, because, look, Shane called pretty much the same type of game last year. Did he, though? I think he did. I think Russell had way more influence in the play call. Well, I didn't say that Russell didn't run the play. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying Russell the call had was called. Thank you. So I'm saying as Shane called the same. So is it Shane or is it Gino? Look, it, you know, here's what you, you you've had quarterbacks. You've Yo been an F. offensive coordinator. It takes both, right? I, you've had no, quarterbacks no, 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 no. that probably made you look like you weren't a good offensive coordinator. B O F. Both. Yeah. Both of them. Both. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe that Shane has turned out to be what Pete thought he was going to be. Yeah. And it's partly why, again, this isn't – let's just focus on Gino. Oh, We're oh hold on. Out, you're going to call me out to make me sound like I'm calling out Russell, but you're – I didn't say nah, that. Nah, you, I didn't say it. You I, said that. I'm calling this you is out. Truly, you're talking about this Russell. This truly is a relationship you're now. You're talking about Russell. Look, at you're even blaming me for things I didn't even say. Hey, and you did to me too. No, I didn't. That's how this no. works. Who's going to say sorry first? Not me. I'm sorry. That's a man that's been married. (laughs) All right, here we go. What we got? Where we at? Okay. Ryan. Ryan Neal is playing lights out. He is. The Seahawks don't miss Jamal Adams as much as we thought. What do you think? So somebody uh, tweeted out, and I said we should talk about this, that, hey, you know, with Ryan Neal, maybe we trade Jamal next year. We don't really need him. Now, we would be even better. Um, Now, I think there's a place for Ryan. And I think there's a place that we're starting to see more dime personnel with the Seahawks because you actually saw Josh Jones. You see Kobe uh, Bryant in there. Uh, matter of fact, Josh Jones played a lot last week in, in, in the dime uh, as well. Jamal Adams, dynamic. He's a dynamic player. And Ryan Neal is becoming a really good football player. And the only reason why I'm come, bringing this is in 1986, 1987, Kenny Easley was hurt a bunch. And they said, ah. Oh, Paul, I was like 11 and 1 as a starter. I was having some success. They go, we can trade Kenny Easley. I'm like, no, you can't. I can't replace Kenny Easley, even though I started the next year at six interceptions by the team. But that was just minor by details, luck. folks. Minor by details. Luck. The point is, we were not as good a defense 
when we traded Kenny Easley, even though I had some success because Kenny was so dynamic. And Ryan Neal's a great player. You don't get rid of dynamic players like Jamal Adams. Now, I think that what we're seeing, when you guys, I want you guys to watch, when you see Ryan Neal creep up in the box and you see Josh Jones in the back with Quandre, you got a two-high safety look and you have a safety in the box. You have Kobe Bryant in the box as well. That defense was built this year for Jamal Adams mm-hmm. because Jamal is the best safety in the league. Maybe Buda Baker can play with him oh, Buda, in, yeah. in the box. So He's that special. defense was built for him. So the success that Ryan Neal is having, yes, you tip your hat to him. But imagine if your guy Jamal Adams was there. So I know I understand people saying, he's a bust. Why did you spend all this money on him? He was hurt two games before he got here. That's why they spent the money on him because he was a pro bowler and he only missed two games. Football is a physical sport. You are unlucky. I'm going to say this defense is better with Jamal oh, Adams, no but Ryan Neal is balling. I'm not no, going to take another one of my away favorite players, man. He's a playmaker, but you don't get rid of guys like Jamal. But you did bring up a really good point. Buda Baker, wow, he's still unbelievable. He's yeah. really a special player. Uh, let's do one real quick. I was doing because you've got DeAndre Hopkins. We didn't play him last time. Nope. He had 13 targets, uh, caught 12 passes. Uh, you know, he's he's. I think he's one of the best, and not the best receivers in the league. I mean, throw a few other guys out there as well. But he is. He's so gifted. He's going to be lined up against Tyreek Woolen. That's the side. Can Tyreek Woolen hold him under a hundred yards? Personally. Yes. Collectively, D-Hop is going to get his, I think. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league. I give him top three. You give me two years ago, I might say he's the best in the game. Yeah. So I think when Tariq Woolen is lined up with him, I think Tariq will be fine. I think Tariq possesses a skill that even D-Hop hasn't seen. When's the last time D-Hop has seen a 6-3, corner with 4-2 speed never. and can move like this? Well, never. What I want to make sure is that he stays focused every play because DeAndre will do a double move. He'll do a stutter go. Yep. He's going to give him something. I'm here. I'm here. I got to get whoop. He's the other way. Uh, I think Hopkins is going to get his. Yeah. Um, we just need to shut down everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say no. We're not holding him. No. And it won't be because of Tyreek Woolen. Nah. They're going to move him around a little bit. Uh, He's he going to get his yards. thing is, he can go for 100, and we can still win this game. Yes, we can. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. more, okay, you can't go for over 103 or four touchdowns. Then that's a different story. You finally agreed with me. Nicely done. <laughs> Took a while. <laughs> I won. No, hey, it's been nine weeks. Apparently, he wins every week. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a good partner in this you thing. You're a good partner. I'm a good partner. You're my partner. I'm going to say that's my guy over there. All right. Hey, make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. So many great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pre-show meal at Sweet Restaurant and Lounge. I had the sliders with some fries on the side. What you have? I had the sliders, too, and, it, and actually their salad was great. I, I, I will say that I'm all about customer service. Their customer service is, they're so nice. Superb. They, we walked in there. Not only did they remember us by name, they remember what we ordered. And that was like a month ago. Yeah, that was that was incredible. We so, yeah, the really, really uh, the suite is a special place there. Go, so go, it, go hang out. So this is a promo, but it's real life. Yeah, We're speaking legit. from the heart really when good. it comes to this. Yeah. We love the suite. You guys go ahead and check that thing out, especially if you want Elsa and, you know, 
Let it snow in the back going to the Raiders game, snow. you know. All right. Hey, when we return, we will put a bow on this thing and talk about the Arizona Cardinals. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer. We are at Bellevue Square Center Court. I want to give my guy a shout-out. He went to a gaming event last week. Hope you did well over there, man. A nice little competition. He's one of our regulars here at, uh, at Hawks Live. And now we're going to focus on the Arizona Cardinals. That's the matchup coming up. Now, you, you spit out some really good stats about Kyler Murray and how you think this team should attack him. Uh, personally, I think offensively for the Seahawks, they just got to be ready for the blitz and be able to handle all the, the different type of looks. You call it a gimmick. I, I'm with you when it comes to gimmicks. You're going to show everything, drop one, drop two, send nobody like you're going to get a bunch of different looks as long as Gino knows what he's looking at I think they will be fine they're not great against the run they're not great against the pass they blitz a lot they're not great at sacking the quarterback so offensively I think we are fine defensively what are you seeing yeah I mean they don't they don't have a speed rusher I mean they've got you know Watt and they really have moved him inside um they don't put a lot of pressure with four guys, and so they have to do it. You know, the guy you have to know is where is Buda Baker, mm-hmm. because he'll he'll drop down in the safety spot, and all of a sudden he'll start creeping. He's so fast; he could be about five yards from the line of scrimmage. That ball snapped. I mean, he comes around that edge, and it's like holy Toledo. Right. He is. I'm not kidding. I, th- I think he's the best safety in the league. Mm. He is so special. He's paid like it. Well, you know, I mean, I had him as a freshman at Bellevue, but um, not these. <laughs> uh, actually, I didn't get a chance to coach him. I wish I had him. We, we knew how special he was going to be, but he is so gifted, and he's so fast, and he's so tough. With that, they're not really big. I mean, even their – is it Simmons? I think it's Simmons. Yep. He's not big. So – um, I think we can kind of, you know, move them around a little bit. We, we've got to run the football. And when they come up there and they start messing around, they're all standing there. Well, I, I like Gino because Gino's so smart. He sees it. He knows where to throw the ball. I think we can take some shots downfield on these guys as well. But we better run the football. And it's, look, it's simple. We just got to protect the football. They're dangerous. I, I don't know what to expect with Arizona because they're, as I said, I don't want to say it's gimmicky. It's just they constantly game plan. So one week, wow, it's a really good game plan. Next week, they get the crap kicked out of them. Right. And so last week, I thought they, I thought they had a pretty good game plan. Um, they were in the game against Minnesota. So you know what? This week they get the crap kicked out of them. It's that simple. <laughs> that simple. I think that what the Hawks showed last week is that they can be a physical football team. And I think if you are physical with the Arizona Cardinals, as well as efficient, then you have a really good chance. And I look at the defense, and I just you get one or two picks. Oh, you're going to get an opportunity. You get one or two picks. I think these guys are going to be in good position. And maybe it's not even Tariq. Maybe Quandre gets his first one. Maybe Kobe gets his first one. Maybe Mike Jackson gets his first one. But I think if you get one or two picks, you should be fine. And like you mentioned earlier, make Kyler Murray have to scramble stepping up inside the pocket instead of getting to the sidelines because that's where he's dangerous. When he gets to the sidelines, he can keep his eyes down the field and get the ball down and still be a run threat. So it's about Kyler, it's about Hopkins, and it's about 
being able to run the football to open everything else up. Yeah, I mean, Kyler, if we can get pressure with him with four guys and just collapse a pocket, last week he threw some pa- – he can't see, and he doesn't want to take a sack. So all of a sudden he just throws it up, and I'm like, why are you throwing it to the defensive guy? I mean, there's not a, a your jersey around. So big game. It's a winnable game. It'll be a tough game. It's a division game. It will not be like the last time we played them. It's important because the next week we're going to Munich. We got Tampa Bay. They're struggling. There's a chance we come out of this thing seven and three. We will not have a show next week because we're going to Munich. Right. right? Um, so be off for a few weeks. So this, this is an important game, divisional game. You guys make sure you listen to Munich. I'm doing like three shows out there. All right, so it might be like 3 o'clock in the morning over here, but we'll podcast it. You guys make sure you listen. Hey, special thanks to, first off, you guys, the crowd right here, man. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Also, special thanks to Tyler Lockett and Will Disley for joining the show. Our board operator is Brady Robic. Production assistant is Nishant Kandapuri. Our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks pregame, pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumbus, with Paul Moyer. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. Right here on Hawks Live.